Hello, my name is David Coletta, and I'm the senior leader at Mission Community Church. Before you begin watching the Sermon of the Week, allow me to pray that you might encounter God right there where you are. Father, I ask that your spirit will be present right where people are watching this video. May they be receptive to the voice of your spirit as they watch in Jesus' name, amen. From all of us at MCC, may God bless you as you watch this week's message. Again, I'm Sam Benton. I'm one of the pastors here, um, and I I have a message to share today. Um, I want to share as a pastor, yes, but even more so as a friend, as a brother in the Lord. I want to just, if I could say, have more of a conversation today uh, with you. I just imagine that you and I are sitting in your favorite coffee shop and we're sitting across the table talking. That's what I want today to be like. Or if you're from England, maybe we have a spot, a tea and a biscuit. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> 
So just, I, I want to have a conversation. I just want to talk to you today, okay? We will have the word. We want the word, right? But I want to have a conversation. Are you okay with that? Last week, Pastor David talked about God hears. He listens. He bends down. And that it's important to be in prayer meetings. It's important to be in prayer meetings. Why? Why is it important? One, because of the impact that prayer makes on the world around us. But two, as I've, I've been serving the Lord for 45 plus, I don't even know how long now. It's too long. No. <laughs> too long to count. So, but, but prayer is better caught than taught. Have you ever heard that before? What does that even mean, though? It means that when I'm in a group of people, somebody in there is probably more mature than me in prayer. Somebody may be more gifted in prayer than me. Somebody has a different paradigm of thinking than me. And so I catch a hold of stuff that I would not get if I was just praying alone. It's the synergism of us being together and learning. You can read books, you can listen to messages, but there's something different about the power of being together in prayer. So I think that's critical. But today, I want to talk about a different prayer. Today, I want to talk about how very, very important it is that you stop the busyness of life, and you take time to get alone with Jesus, that you have what we call a quiet time. Anybody, y'all don't know what that means? Quiet time? It's a religious term. It means you stop and pray. My times have not always been quiet, by the way. <laughs> so, but I've been praying like this for most of my life. But here's the funniest thing. Actually, it's not funny at all. It's kind of sad. Uh, this last summer, uh, I lost a job in February, and I'm a handyman, construction guy, have been all my life. So I had this handyman job, but it was replacing mailboxes outside in a whole community. So I was going to work. I was there at 6.15 trying to beat the heat, which is practically impossible. By 9 a.m., my glasses are fogging because of the humidity. I mean, it was hot. And so I'd work early in the morning to the early afternoon, and then I would go home exhausted and from the heat and the work, and I was just a couch potato the rest of the day. And I came to Pastor David and Pastor Jim, our other pastor, a couple of times, and I just said, you know, I, I'm struggling. I'm struggling here because I'm not spending time with Jesus. For my whole life, since I was 19, when I got born again, I have had a habit. And it's not just a habit. It's a desire. It's, it's a lifestyle of taking time almost every day, at least quite regularly, to just be alone with Jesus. To seek his face, to draw near to him, to worship him, to dig into the word. All my life I've done that. And then this last summer, I didn't. And you know what? I felt it. I felt the disconnect. Did God leave me? Of course not. Was his spirit in me? Yes. 
Was, it, was I confessing to David and Jim because I, I felt like I needed to repent because I was guilty or shamed or none of that? It's that my relationship with the Lord was just disconnected somehow. You can do the same in your marriage, you know. You can live in the same house, run around chasing kids all the time, and never really connect. And so I'm sharing with you this message today out of my experience this last summer and my lifelong experience, to be honest. I've found when I'm disciplined and I take the time on a regular basis to draw near to God, it changes everything. It changes my moral compass. It changes the way I treat people. It changes the way I treat myself. It changes the way I think about life. It changes my attitude. It changes everything. But guess what? The same thing is true for you. The exact same thing. And so I'm bringing this message to you. Maybe you've never even had that habit of going to God in the morning or the night or the noon, what sometime in the day to draw near to Him. I don't know how you live life without that. You can. You can function on your own strength and ability. But there's so much power. There's so much intimacy. There's so much there that you're missing out on. So for me, I figured, I am missing out. I'm not, I'm not, it's not legalism. It's not like I got to do this or God's not going to love me. I'm missing out from the revelation of the word. I'm missing out from the, the wisdom and the understanding and, and relationships that I'm struggling in. I'm missing out for solutions to life. Because when I take time to be with him, he shows me things. He helps me understand things. He helps me decipher what's going on. He corrects me. Does God ever correct you? Huh? Does he ever say, why are you doing that? Lord, I wish you'd fix my husband. He is such a mess. And the Lord says, what about you? Lord, my wife. Ah, oh, my wife. You know. What about you? God, usually for me, he points the finger at me. He says, what are you doing? Are you loving your wife? Are you loving your husband? Are you loving your children? Are you sacrificing? What are you doing? When I don't spend time with the Lord on a regular basis, I've come to find what happens is even the very fruit of the Spirit in my life begins to wane. It begins, I'm not as patient, I'm not as kind, I'm not as thoughtful, I'm more self-centered, more selfish. You know what I mean? Things happen because why? Why? Because your flesh begins to rule. See, I have this theology. This is very profound, by the way. And uh, I had this theology before I heard Bill Johnson say it. He says the same thing. So we're on the same wavelength. See, me and Bill Johnson? No. No, I'm <laughs> just joking. But a long time ago, when I pastored a church, the Lord showed me. He said, guess what, Sam? You leak. Now, that's profound. You leak. What does that even mean, you leak? 
It means that if I don't fill myself up afresh with the very presence and power and word of God, that it begins to leak away. Now, am I saying the Holy Spirit leaves? No. Am I saying the Lord's failing me or, you know, abandoning me? No. What I'm saying is if I don't get full of the Spirit on a regular basis, my flesh begins to rule, and I am insensitive to the very Word of God. I'm insensitive. I'm not giving the Word time to speak to me. I'm not giving the Father time to speak to me. And so whatever you sow into is what you will reap. You are what you eat. It's just a reality. Just a reality. And so if you're hungry for food, which I'm always hungry for food. (laughs) If you're hungry and you eat, you feel full, right? But then for some of us, just a couple hours later, we want to eat again. Some of them later. But you always get hungry again. And if you don't eat, you become weak. Well, it's the very same thing with the Spirit. And so I'm coming to you as a brother saying, by God, make sure you're filling your spirit with the things of God. That you're feeding your spirit before you feed anything else. What's most important thing? Make it the most important thing. Because I tell you this. Lord, have mercy. I don't know if you want to call it the devil or if you want to call it your flesh. You will get up in the morning and something will say to you, oh, you don't have time for that. Oh, no. If you do that, you're not going to be able to be prepared for that meeting today. Oh, if you do that, you're not going to have the energy to take care of the kids. Oh, if you, I mean, he just comes with all these lies and deceptions. I call it the great deception. The great deception is if you do this, you don't have time for that. Such a lie. Such a lie. Such a lie. I remember in my 30s and 40s, I ran a construction company. I had four babies, like some of you around here. Little babies all the way to toddlers running all over the place. I was an elder in the church. I was leading programs in the church. I was at the church all the time. But every single day I got up at 5 a.m. and I went and sought the Lord. And like I said earlier, sometimes my quiet time wasn't that quiet. (laughs) What does that mean? That means I got loud. I want to sing out loud. I want to praise out loud. And my wife and my babies are sleeping. So I had to leave the house to go be with God. It's that important, though. When we lived near a football practice field, I would go on that practice field where the football coaches climb up in this 30-foot tower and look down on the field. I'd climb up to the top of that tower. There's a deck about this big, and I would just go out there and praise and worship, pray in tongues. Forgive me if you don't pray in tongues. I mean, I would just have a time with God. Other times... I've had three prayer closets, literally a closet that I cleaned out, made a little spot, put a little cross on the wall, you know, a little box for an altar, get on my knees and just seek the Lord because I didn't want to break one of my golden rules. 
The golden rule is this. Never wake up a sleeping baby. <laughs> right? That's my God. Still my golden rule. Never wake up a... And especially, don't wake up a sleeping wife. You know? <laughs> so... So I would find places, I would go places so that I could get away and be with the Lord. When we lived in an apartment complex one time, this is when I had my business, when I first started it actually. We had three little kids. I got three or four guys together and we would meet in the laundromat at this apartment complex because I thought, who's going to do their laundry at 5 a.m. in the morning? Nobody, right? Every day, Monday through Friday, we'd meet there at 5 a.m. We would pray and we would shout. One day, this lady came in. (laughs) I know we must have totally freaked her out. But anyway, find a place to go pray. I mean, now I use my office downstairs. I'm not as loud as I used to be. But I tell you, I would hear my wife at one. You know, I don't do anything at night. God doesn't talk to me at night. He knows I'm not going to listen, right? But I would be upstairs in the bed at about 1 a.m. in the morning. I hear, oh, glory. My wife's downstairs just praising God in the living room. I mean, she's going for it. She's enjoying Jesus. And I could just hear her feet pounding all over the ground. Morning, noon, or night, I don't care. You need to take time to be with God. You have to feed your spirit or your flesh will rule over you. And not just that. It's what you're missing out on. It's not just like, well, Lord, I don't want my flesh to rule, which is a good thing. You don't want your flesh to rule, right? But it's like, Lord, we have this thought. It's, you know, having a quiet time is first a discipline. It's just making a decision you're going to do it. And you do it, and you do it religiously. And then all of a sudden, it becomes a desire. It's like, I want to do this. And then later on, it's like a delight. It's like, I, I can't do without this. This is like, if I miss this, I mean, what is, what is, I don't care about the rest of the world. I need this more than anything. It's like some of you workout fiends. Y'all can't live a day without going out and working out somewhere. Well, I can't, I don't do that part, you can tell. So, <laughs> I go to Jesus, amen? Maybe he'll help me get slender again. Who knows? Who knows? Good luck, Good luck. yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. All right, so let me look through my notes here. I've gone through all this stuff. Here's the deal. I'm going back to this thought. Adam and Eve in the garden. I don't have time to unpack the whole chapter. But Adam and Eve are in the garden, and the devil lies to them. He says, did not God say? It was a lie, right? It was a lie. And I say to you that the devil will do the same thing to you. He'll say, you're you're not going to be able to do that. You don't have time for that. If you get up that early, you're going to be exhausted by noon. He's going, again, I call it the great deception. Because if you get up early and you seek the Lord and you fellowship with him and you read the word and it speaks to you, he will give you wisdom. He, I, I, don't ask me how it happens. I have a three-hour project that I need to get done and he helps me get it done in one. I have no idea. 
I have a meeting that I'm supposed to lead and I'm not prepared, but somehow he helps me lead it well. If I put him first. If I put him first. He is the most important thing. Your relationship with him is the most important thing. It's important for your mental, emotional, and spiritual health. It's not a legalism. It's not about works. Right? I mean, we don't want to do this. I, gotta, I don't want you to go clock in. i got to get my 20 minutes. Clock in. No, it's about connecting. Let's get a little Bible in here. How about that? Hebrews 12.1. It says, therefore, since we also have such a great cloud of witness surrounding us, again, I don't have time to unpack that, let's rid ourselves, I like NASB, it says this, let's rid ourselves of every obstacle and sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race set before us. See, there's so many, uh, I like that scripture, I've liked it for a long time, because there's so many things that entangle us. So many obstacles, it may not be sin, just obstacles. I would rather be doing this than that. I'd rather get my sleep, Lord. I need my sleep. He'll, he'll revive your body. He'll give you the strength you need if you make that decision. Amen? Another scripture, Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah is prophesying to Israel. They're in bondage, right? He's not saying, this is what I say. Jeremiah is saying, thus says the Lord God Almighty. And most of us know this text. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, right? Plans for your welfare, not for your calamity. To, excuse me, to give you a future and a hope. We, we all know that text, most of us. But what happens is the next thing that God says to his people is much more important than that. If you go to verse 12, then Jeremiah says, thus says the Lord, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. That's what David's message was about last week. You should listen to it. He, he wants to listen to us, but listen to this. It says, and you will seek me and find me. That was in a song today, thank God. You guys, your worship team, y'all are like in the Holy Ghost all the time. You know, whatever's preached, y'all are praying and worshiping. He says, but listen, listen, listen to this carefully. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And he says, this is, it, it almost... <clears throat> I just think it's so powerful that he says, I'll be found by you. Just seek me. You'll find me. When I get with God, I'm seeking and I find him. There's nothing better in the earth. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Better than a moment in his presence. A moment when he reveals something to you. But here's the deal. 
If you're just jumping out of bed, scrolling through your phone, turning on the TV, or just in time to get dressed and get to work, and you don't take the time for that moment, you're missing out. You're missing out. And if you can't do it early, do it late if you can. I can't do the late thing. If I miss the morning, I miss. And it only takes a few times. You keep missing and missing and missing. And you get a habit of missing. And the great deception, if you do this, you won't have time, energy, resources to do that. It's a lie. It's totally a lie. But in this text, do you hear God's voice? He's not saying, go study the word and make sure you have the right theology. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's very critical that you understand what you believe and why you believe it. But he's saying, come seek me. Come be with me. Come have a relationship with me. Not just come and read your Bible so you know what your theology is, which is important, but it's not the most important. Well, you need both, actually. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to get off course there. You, you need to know what you believe and why you believe it. And I'll get to that in a minute. How am I doing? I'm running out of time. You might say, well, this here, this Jeremiah scripture is Old Testament. Seek the Lord. You find. We have the Spirit in us now. It's different because He's in us. He's with us. Yes, He is. But then if you read James, the book of James, he says the same thing in James 4.8. Draw near to God and what? Draw near to God. Seek me and you'll find me. It's the same doggone uh, theology. <laughs> right? Draw near. Why? Why should we draw near to God? Because it says that he'll draw near to you. That's why. He'll draw near to you. He'll lavish you with his love. He'll open your mind to realities that you can't even think of. He'll give you creative thoughts on how to solve problems. He, he'll fill your soul and your spirit so, with so much life. So that you have something else to give. And since somebody comes to you and they have a problem, you're not just coming out of your experiential bank account and saying, oh, yeah, I know about that. I did this. No, the Lord said to me this morning about you, he wants, he wants you to do this. Something that breaks the yoke in somebody's life, a word of knowledge that will change them forever. It's a different world. Can I hear an Amen. All right, I'm going to go for 10 more minutes, and I'm going to share with you how to have a great quiet time. How about that? Some of you know. Some of you may agree or disagree with me. Over 45 years, I've learned a few things. I've done a few things wrong, and I've learned from other people also, right? So I'm going to go through this list pretty quickly, though. First of all, find a place that is your quiet place, Phys physically. Find a place. Go to that same place. And I tell you why. Because if you're around moving here and there and trying to do it here and there, you get distracted. I learned in college when you study, I learned my freshman year, go to the same place and study as much as you can. Because you build a muscle memory that says, hey, I'm sitting here. This is what I do here. 
Spiritually, it's the same thing. You go to your prayer closet, your prayer room, wherever it is, and you keep going there. As soon as you walk in the door, there's this muscle, spiritual muscle memory that says, hey, I'm here to seek God. It, it, I walk into the doors of my office and I know what's going to happen at 5 a.m. Amen? Or whatever time I walk in there. And, there's, and I know everything in the room, so I'm not distracted. See, I'm a really ADD person. And I like things neat. If I go in a room to pray and something's out of whack, I walk around, I'm picking up, moving things. It's just weird. I just can't even pray, you know. Why is that cup sitting over there? Oh, my God, let's get rid of that. Oh, what is that blanket doing there? You know, in my office, I know where everything is, and I can put it back real quick. And there's no distraction. But it's that muscle memory. This is where I meet with God. And it changes over time, over place, right? So that's number one. Number two, if I have to say this, I don't know why, turn off your phone. Don't use your phone for your Bible. Or even if you turn off the notifications, you'll get up and start looking for a Bible verse. Oh, there's an email. Oh. There's a text. Uh, the next thing you know, you're scrolling and you're answering messages. And then you've wasted 15 minutes of your time with God scrolling through your phone. Go old school and get a hard copy. <laughs> Amen? Get a hard copy. If you need to Google, you know, just for where is this first, try to do it and put that stupid thing back down. People are addicted to their phones. They wake up and the first thing they do is, Ooh. Oh, look at Facebook, TikTok. I'm like, dang, you just wasted 30 minutes before you got with God. going to, And your mind's full of all this stuff. Okay, going old school, hard copy, pen and paper. I learned this in the 80s. It was a powerful thing for me to learn. Because when I get up in the morning, my mind is thinking, and your mind is thinking, oh, I need to do this. I need to call that person. I need to pick up that package. I need All these things come to your mind. And the sad part, if you're praying for a little while, they come back through. They want to come back. Yeah, don't forget this. Don't forget that. It's like, it's a great distraction. So someone told me in the 80s, have a pen and a paper. And when something comes to your mind that you need to remember, just write it down. And after a few minutes, you get all these things done in your little list, over, and they're gone. You know they're there. You won't think about it again, right? I carry two things. I have a journal, and then I have a to-do list. So I have my journal, so when God speaks to me, I write it in my journal. But then if I have all these things, and they do come, right? Am I the only one that happens to Lord, how, and then if you get on your phone and you want to write a note about it, and then you see something else, and you want to write a note about that, and you see something else, you know, it just leave the phone alone. <clears throat> Another thing, you read books about prayer and how to pray, how to have an hour of power. I can name tons of books, right? But everybody's different. It may work for you. It may not work for you. The thing is to find out what feeds you the most, right? It's different. Some of us read our Bible first, which is what I like to do. I like to sit down, read my Bible, 
And I'm not talking about read through your Bible in a year. God bless you if you're doing that. But that's a lot of reading. And by the time I finish that, I'm ready to pray and go home, you know, quickly. Uh, But I, I really think it's important that we connect with God, not just do the formula. So read your Bible. You might read two verses and it says something in there. And the Lord highlights it to you. And you're like, oh, yeah. Repent, you wicked sinner. Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> Go and give money to the poor. I don't know, whatever, whatever he speaks to you. And then you meditate on that and cross-reference that. And you're just, in, instead of trying to read an Old Testament, a New Testament, a Psalm, and Proverb, and, uh, that's too much stuff for one morning of meditation for me. I'm a little slower than some of you, okay? So I, I can only do two verses, maybe two or three chapters, The point is you want to connect with God, not just get the thing done. I mean, that's what it's about. You're not going to get a test on how much you read. God's not going to give you a little gold sticker. Oh, you read four chapters today. Boom. You get a gold sticker. He wants you to commune with him. And that goes to my next thing here. Switch it up sometimes. Don't get in a rut of doing the exact same thing all the time. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes I just lay there and I just worship. And I just enjoy Jesus' presence. Sometimes I'll read my Bible the whole time. I'll get caught up on something and I'll be like, oh, this is powerful. But I don't say, oh, that's my 10 minutes in the Word. I better go pray now. No, I'm, I'm communing with God through the Word. It's fun. It's exciting. Right? Don't just block it off. I got to do it this way. And the other thing I wanted to talk about is to be balanced. Because most of us lean towards something that we like to do. We like to worship and pray. And then maybe, maybe if there's time, we get in the Word. Or we love to get in the Word. And that prayer worship thing is okay, but I like the Word. And so you, you lean toward the thing that is mostly you, that you get most satisfied by. But we need what? The Word and? The Word and Spirit. I have gone through seasons in my life where I just read the Word every day in my quiet time. I've gone through seasons in my life where I just worship and pray up on that doggone coach's stand. Man, I had a blast out there. But you have to be balanced. You need both. David said this a while back, if you just read the Word and you don't pray and worship and encounter God that way, you you dry up. I don't know how many people I know who know the Word backwards and forwards. They have no life in them. And then you have other people, they're full of the Spirit. They worship, pray, pray in tongues, but they have no Word in them. They don't even know what the Word says anymore. If you just do that, you blow up, we say. But if you read the Word and you seek God through the Spirit, you grow up. Amen? So you got to do both. Okay, where am I? Where am I here? Trying to take care of this. Oh, my wife made, she heard me talking about my message. She said, make sure you take time to listen. Don't just go to God with your prayer list every morning. I pray for my son. I pray for my job. I pray for this person. I pray my husband repent. 
No, no, you know, just don't go with your whole little prayer list every single day. Nothing wrong with prayer lists. I think those are important too. But God wants you to communicate with him. And so my last point is that it's supposed to be a conversation when you have time with God. It's never going to be a conversation if you don't shut up. Honestly. Sometimes I get and I just say, Lord, I'm struggling with this. What, what, do, I, what do I do about this? And then I shut up. And if I sit there and I listen, most of the time he'll tell me something to do. He'll say, repent, Sam, it's your fault. <laughs> you hear? He tells me repent all the time. So I, I don't, yeah. My wife said, God doesn't talk to me like he talks to you. He's, he's always correcting me because, you know, I'm like, I'm like Isaiah when you get into the holy of holies. And Isaiah calls out and he says, oh me, oh my, I'm a man of unclean lips. Lord, help me. You know, that's how I feel. I get really close to God. When you get in a place and you're really in His presence, every little flaw in your life just gets highlighted. And you're like, oh, Jesus, forgive me. I didn't say something right to somebody, which you didn't even pay attention to. But He did, right? And so it's important that you practice this. Most importantly. If you, you're one of those people, and I know people in here who've said this, you know, you guys talk about going and meeting with God and encountering God in a real way and experiencing God. I don't ever experience him. You know, that scripture says, search for me with all your heart, you'll find me. I promise you, if you make a discipline, a deliberate discipline to go seek him on a regular basis, you'll find him. You'll find him. And some of us have had dry seasons where we haven't found him, where we've sought the Lord and we prayed. And it's like, Lord, it's like a, what do they say? It's like a brass heaven, man. I, I don't know. I'm just not connecting. Just keep doing it. Because even if you don't feel like you're connecting with God, if you're in the word and you're praying and you're worshiping, it's getting in you. Somehow, someway, it's getting in you. And eventually, you will hear God. Eventually, your dry spell will become a fresh pool of rain again. And the last thing, well, next to the last thing I'll say is come to church. This, this is a watering hole. Amen? This is where you come and get refreshed. Don't let things distract you from coming to church. Uh, not because, again, not because of the law. Not because you're not religious if you don't come to church. No, it's because you get filled. It's a watering hole to get filled and to spring forth through the rest of your week with the things of God. Am I right? I'm going to leave you with this here scripture. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. You can read that chapter, what he talks about, sowing to the spirit and sowing to the flesh. Right? Whatever you sow to, you will reap. It's all throughout the Bible. It is a law, I promise you, just like the law of gravity. Whatever you sow is what you're going to reap eventually. Not always, but eventually. You keep sowing into something, you're going to reap it. <clears throat> reap from that something.
And lastly, if you don't know about prayer that much, or if you want to know more about prayer, come to our prime discipleship class where we get in small groups and we talk about it. Find ways to grow if you're having a hard time, if it seems dry, if you feel like you're not hearing God. Get in a place where you can. Amen? All right, I'm going to say a prayer for me. <laughs> Let's stand up together. Father, again, I just repent for this summer how I allowed myself to be distracted. How I allowed the cares of the world and the concern for other things to choke out the word. Help us, every single one of us in here, to not make that mistake. To not allow work, children, or fun, or TV, or the phone, or anything else to rob us. To rob us of precious moments. Precious moments, just like all the songs we sang today. Help us to be a people who seek you and find you. Oh, God, I pray for those who feel like they don't really find you to begin to find you. I pray for those who don't have a quiet, loud, whatever time it is, to find time, to make time, to make that which is most important the most important thing. In the name of Jesus, God bless you all. Hey, thank you for watching the Sermon of the Week. We pray that you were blessed by it and you felt prompted to act upon what the Spirit of God was saying to you. If you live in the Charlotte area, we would love for you to come and worship with us at one of our weekend gatherings. That way you can find out more about our church family and what we value most. We encourage you also to give to our ministry so that we might continue spreading the gospel of Jesus to our city and throughout the world. To do so, you simply go to missioncommunity.cc, click on the Give button, and the rest is simple. Lastly, I would encourage you to check out the remaining content on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to subscribe. That way you will receive all of the reminders for fresh content that we put out. Have a wonderful rest of your day. May God bless you and thank you again for watching this week's message.